0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As we look back on the first Old Firm game of the season It went Rangers way with Philip Pilander's header The difference between the sides Hearts, Hibs, Motherwell were the other big winners From an action-packed weekend of league action And Stevie Clark says this is the most disrupted Scotland camp he's ever had Due to Covid and injury I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight, Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Bad defending and bad chance taking adds up to bad results And that's why the last 48 hours of the transfer window Should be very interesting for Celtic Ange Postacoglu says he needs to know who's committed to the club His word, not mine So who's going out and who's coming in Celtic have now failed to beat Rangers in their last seven meetings That's a problem that needs to be addressed Before it becomes a psychological block, Alec Yeah, important weekend, uh, Gordon uh, Rangers have uh, the bragging rights over the rivals Celtic Back-to-back wins for Motherwell Who uh, took on Dundee Hearts are the good start continues uh, Hibs topped the table, Gordon, with a comfortable win and the draw for Aberdeen and Ross County and Saints mm. share the spoils. 0141-951-1025. That's the number you need, so pick up the phone and let us know what is on your mind. When Rangers and Celtic meet, there is never a shortage of talking points the night after. Or the night after that, or the night after that, or the night after that. So pick up the phone and let us know what you made of the game yesterday. Rangers fans, you will be happy. What made you happy? What won what won you the game, Celtic fans? Where did it go wrong? What did you make of Ange Postacoglu's approach to it? What about the players? And of course, how does this set us all up for the transfer window which closes tomorrow night? What do you need in? What do you need to move out? And of course, if that's not enough for you, the small matter of a triple header for Scotland and we have our COVID problems as well. It's 01419511025. So don't hang about, get your calls in and we'll get you on as soon as possible. But Monday night, four and a half minutes past six means one thing, Hugh Keevens. Your result of the weekend, please. I am creating a new award tonight. Great. On Super Scoreboard, I'm creating the Grey Friars Bobby Award for dogged determination. And I am awarding it jointly to Hearts and Hibs. Hearts 2 0 winners over Dundee United, Hibs 2 0 winners over Livingston. Neither of the Edinburgh teams have lost a game so far this season. They are joint top of the Premiership. So. Well done, old Ricky. <laughs> Alex Ray, yours um, a bit more straightforward. Yeah, I think so, Gordon. I think you have to look at Rangers, you know, going into the game, COVID hit, you know, coming back for Armenia and managed to get the first uh, win of the old firm season. So uh, you have to say Rangers. Okay, goal of the weekend then, Hugh Keevens. What tickled your fancy? I don't think the choice was that uh, um, expansive at the weekend, but I, I, I was taken by the imagination and the execution of. Tony Watts Backward header uh, To get Muddle the points Against Dundee So Tony Watt Okay Alex Ray uh, I'm going to go for uh, Martin Boyle Gordon I thought it was a really Well constructed goal he, he pops the ball into Scotty Allen Back heels it Drives into the box Commits a goalkeeper And dinks him I thought it was a lovely finish Do you know, who's been, top form. Do you know who's been Cruelly overlooked for this Have you seen Gregor Buchanan From Dumbarton Funny enough I have seen it yes Ball floated to the back post He tries to control it Kicks it off his own face And it goes oh. into the back <laughs> well, of the net. Do, do you think he was trying I actually thought he was trying To you've, score you've, it you've back o- across goal Overlooked him Cruelly they, I, they I, I like that one They do indeed And your howler of the weekend This can be anyone really It could be A striker in front of goal A goalkeeping mistake A refereeing issue Here is your clue Sacre bleu 
Odson Edward Yeah I think that, that uh, speaks for itself uh, Yeah I'm going to go for uh, Laidlaw His team are 1-1-0 one one at Aberdeen Ross County Yeah for Ross County And uh, Johnny Hayes hits a shot Gordon It, was a, it wasn't a great strike And he, he palms it away It was a poor poor attempt to to save it and uh, cost his team Okay that is that 01419511025 on the phones At Clyde SSB on Twitter What did you make of the game yesterday? That seems like a good place to start Lots of talking points from both sides And the bigger picture How does it set you up going forward? What about the transfer window? Anything you can see happening between now And midnight tomorrow Now is the time to pick up that phone Let's hear from uh, a couple of the managers To... Wet the appetite Ange Postacoglu uh, Says the game Could have gone either way But he was left Disappointed by the result He hopes the supporters Can still see What progress Has been made Yeah disappointing Obviously um, Tight game um, So a typical Derby game Not a lot of chances Not a lot of Open spaces um, you know, First goal Was always going to be Important And you know We didn't take our Opportunity when we had it And uh, paid the price You know In terms of our fans um, Yeah we're disappointed We let them down today But um, I think they see what we're trying to build and you know, what we're trying to create here. and um, It's not going to be done in a month, that's for sure. But you know, I think there's been some positive signs over the last few weeks. Um, just disappointing today we weren't be able to, to capitalise on it. It was a tight game. Like I said, I don't think there was any sort of team that held too much dominance at any time. There wasn't a lot of chances for both sides. We probably had the better of them you know, in terms of clear-cut ones. And, but... Yeah, I thought the players handled it okay. As I said, in, in, you know, derby games are never going to be, particularly in this kind of circumstance where it's the first one where the fans are back in, and you know, it's going to be a tight game. And as I said, that first goal was going to be critical. Thomas is a Celtic fan in East Kilbride to kick things off. Thomas, what did you make of the game yesterday? Well, I, Ange Postecoglou is uh, named it for himself. He, he says. Uh, um, Edward, they shouldn't have started Edward for the start. Mm-hmm. And he, I totally agree with him. Because even when I watched that, I could have even scored that the way. I, mean? I actually believe you. And I think most of us, it depends what you're talking about, Hugh. Strikers are going to miss chances. Was it a yeah. terrible miss? Yeah. Yes, terrible yeah, doesn't was, cover yeah. it. Um, you don't sell him because of that specifically, I no. assume, because strikers will miss them. But, but he, maybe there's a bigger picture here. He's become a problem. Uh, I, I do think that uh, Furuhashi loses his effect on this when he's forced to play wide and Edward has played in the middle. Uh, the the miss certainly affected Edward for the remainder of the game. He was eventually taken off. Um, the transfer window closes tomorrow at eleven o'clock here. Uh, I think it would be in Celtic's best interest financially. And for the good of the squad uh, To have Edward moved on now uh, When Ange Postacoglu referred to the word committed I think he had uh, Edward in mind mm. And if Edward is not away in the transfer window And is there for the remainder of the season He now wakes up this morning to headlines Where his manager says I made a mistake playing him yeah. So where does everyone go from there Being Celtic's best interest for Edward to move on In the next 36 hours That may all well be true Alex And a lot of Celtic fans feel the same Thomas does But football is a funny game Where if Odson Edward opens up his foot a little bit more efficiently And sticks that ball in the back of the net He isn't described on this show tonight as being a problem Is he? 
No, not at all. Because you know these things often get forgotten about if you do, do the business. Yeah, without doubt, Gordon, and uh, you know he, he did okay against AZ when he when he came on the other night. I thought he was a real handful. I think he changed the complexion of the game. So you know he brings a lot of qualities. I think Odson Edward from the the start of last season. I think he was one of the players that Neil Lennon was referring to in the Ferran Varos. It was one of the guys that wanted to get out of town. Uh, it's lingered on for another year. I would be concerned if I was his shoes as well when the manager says, uh, you know, that uh, I made a mistake. You know, he's one of the biggest assets, if not the biggest asset at Celtic. How do you, how do you be on Tuesday uh, if the manager is coming publicly and going, I made a mistake not playing your main man? So I think there's an issue there. For me, it's best to sell him. Get as much as you can. It's been reported that Crystal Palace are very much the front runners for £15 million. I think that's a good deal going into the last year. How are you feeling about it overall, Thomas? Did you... Expect to win yesterday Were you getting excited Were you getting caught up In the hype About the way the team Had been playing Going into the game I was like a kid In a sweet shop Just, just I was all excited I thought Celtic Would have Would have for it But uh, What I've seen uh, When that goal went in Celtic just got Deflated yeah, well, I mean, the, the narrative, Hugh, it's one of those words that's perhaps getting a bit overused now, was that this was a new Celtic and a free-flowing attacking Celtic and uh-huh. they would put things right. But then the narrative from Rangers was, well, you've not played us yet, you've not played anyone yeah. as good as us yet. And, I mean, parts of that, clearly, is, is what happened yesterday. In the first half, you could take an awful lot from it, from a Celtic perspective. They, they stood up to the task very well. Second half fell apart. Uh, I, I come back always to the same... Basic problem for Celtic Consider the goals they lost over a four day period Against Ezid Altmar and Rangers mm. In the Netherlands, my goodness That was defending of the worst possible kind On two occasions And yesterday is a straightforward corner Met by a straightforward header But Celtic can't handle this set play thing You cannot progress Now they've got European ties uh, Their group is for me, harder than Rangers group in the Europa League. They've got European ties, beginning with Real Betis away from home, uh, where they, they, they don't have a chance defending like that. And in domestic football, you don't have a chance of winning things either unless you can sort out the basic rudiments of defending. How did you feel about the game overall, Alex? We've, yeah. we've, we've dived into some of the specific issues. If you were to sum up your, your thoughts on it yesterday as a match. Yeah, I think uh, in the first half, Gordon, it's fair to say Celtic dominated possession. I think the real key, key moment was the Edward miss. Obviously, Ryan Kent hit the post, but that was a bit of kind of craft there. It was uh, So I thought Celtic were there. I thought Rangers dropped off the game. I think they protected the goalkeeper very well. I don't think he had a lot to do. In fact, he didn't have a shot to, to do... Uh, and as Hugh says In the second that half That was perhaps down to Odson Edwards Rather than, yeah, than anything well, else Yeah I actually thought He got out quite well To that as well uh, McCrory I thought he, he'd done well Over the piece Gordon Considering it was debut I think if you're a Celtic Minded person You'd be really disappointed At the lack of Goal mouth action uh, mm. For him I thought in the second half I thought Rangers Went about their business And they get actually Aggressive The way you'd expect that I don't know if that was a tactic Because of You know the travelling You know the ex- exercise Of uh, going over to Armenia but it worked a treat, Gordon, and you could actually see the momentum changing, you could see mm-hmm. the shift changing, and Rangers were very much dominant at that stage. Going back to Hugh's point about Celtic defensively, I take his point on Thursday, I thought it was Keystone mm-hmm. Cops at times. I actually thought they weren't too bad yesterday. Yeah, in open play, yeah. it was very different, wasn't it, yesterday? Because yeah, yeah, everyone, again, I talk about the pre-match narrative, everyone thought yeah. 
They watched Thursday And said Rangers will rip that Celtic defence sure. apart Now that, that didn't really happen No I, 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 Listen but the thing is you, There's many elements to defending As Hughes just touched on You have to be able to defend your box yeah. They got a warning shot prior to that When Conor Golson uh, because you mm. know the delivery is going to be there with Barisic yep. So you have to mark they it played, They played four league games They lost two of them The goal yesterday uh, Should have been dealt with In a much more professional fashion And the John Suter goal at Tynecastle That was another defeat for Celtic I mean Goalkeepers all over the place Different goalkeeper Yeah though. yeah. But You can have different personnel The story's the same uh, thank you to Thomas So 1419511025 Let's hear from Gary McAllister Who singled out Leon Balogun for praise After his display at right back And he believes they adapted well To what Celtic threw at them Well the greatest example of that would be I'd be looking at Leon Balogun today As much as I, I, I don't want to single out somebody Because I thought 1-11 to were excellent But we brought him as a centre back But there was always We always felt if needed That he could play right back And he's done it He's done it previous but today I thought he dealt with that side of the pitch really well against a difficult opponent. And uh, I felt we'd seen a, a mature, proper man's performance from Leon. Celtic, you know, they play with two players extremely wide and high. So, we'll, you know, it's, it, when we're doing our analysis of, of the opponent, we've got to look at their strengths and we've got to adapt. But then during the game, I thought we enforced our style onto, onto Celtic. And, and, and that's why the game, was, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a good game. Obviously, I'm... I'm smiling at we won But You know It was You know It could have gone either way Ronnie is a Rangers fan Is The assistant manager right To single out Leon Balligan Ronnie? Absolutely Just stole my thunder there Leon Balligan Put on the best Full back performance That I've seen In a Rangers trip For a long long time In a long time game Steve Davis Was out of this world The wee Japanese fellow Did so Didn't get much joy Out of Balligan I thought maybe the odd cross out of the head match had a terrible, terrible match. But apart from that, it was really non existent. Balogun was outstanding, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Alex, Ronnie's right. There was early on, it maybe looked like it would be an area. There was a couple of times yeah. Celtic got in behind. But he really grew into it, didn't he? And if you're talking about one-on-one defending, well, I, yeah. I don't think he got beat any any time sort of one-on-one with it, you know, someone dribbling past him. Yeah, it takes you a lot on the day to say that Patterson, you know, wasn't mm. going to make the game, Gordon. And um, uh, w- once it was Balligan, you know, I thought to myself, this could be a really tricky afternoon f- for him. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was very aggressive in the tackle. Um, he didn't give a great deal going forward. Um, but what he did do was he stifled one of Celtic's key players and. Resonated through the team as well Because once you kind of Put the tackles in It gets the crowd going And then it just gets The other players lifted as well So I thought he was An outstanding candidate For man of the match Ronnie is that what makes The win That bit sweeter Because I'm sure you And your fellow Rangers fans Probably know you can Play better And you can be more dominant But to, to win the game Keep a clean sheet When you've got the captain Missing and the first And second choice goalkeeper And no manager And so on Is that the bit That makes it sweeter well, winning breeds confidence, and I thought Rangers deserved the second half performance, although Celtic had better chances than the first. But I also thought Steve Davis at 36 is also standing as well. I could go through the teams um, that played really well, but in my opinion, they defended the goalkeeper very well, Young McCrory, and what he had to do, he done it well in the last 10 15 minutes of the game. But in my opinion, Balligan was had a great. Performance, the best fallback performance I've seen in a long time in an old game. Does that 
set you up Ronnie for the season We always talk about these footballing cliches in Glasgow About it, it being a marker and so on and The stats do tell you that the team that wins the first meeting of the season Tends to go on to win the title That's clearly not a guarantee But how do you feel about the, the overall picture going forward? There's a long, long, long way to go They've got Europe um, It's a decent draw for Rangers Celtic's got Europe They've got a slightly tougher draw in my opinion But um, Rangers suspects After tomorrow night That's the transfer market closed mm-hmm. And you have to just Go to do what you've got But, but uh, It was a, actually a surprise for me That Balogun came on at the start Because Patterson wouldn't uh, Think he was in Covid um, And he was a man of the match um, Very, very good surprise that's the way it goes You know Balogun was preferred to uh, Hellander for the game Against Malmo And when Rangers Lost to Malmo uh, Everyone said That's a mistake On Stephen Gerrard's part to, to to pick Balogun That's the way football goes Last season He played uh, full back Against Celtic And was hooked hmm. This season He plays against Celtic And he's a man of the match That's football for you 01419511025 Thank you to Ronnie, what did you make of the game yesterday? 01419511025 Like I say, or at Clyde SSB And we will speak to you and hear more Some interesting stuff from Ange Postacoglu and Gary McAllister coming next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are in the building Everyone looking back on yesterday's game at Ibrook So keep those calls coming in We're about to speak to Martin And Jim, let's hear from the managers yesterday again Some interesting stuff coming out Ange Postacoglu admitting He should have started Kyogo Furuhashi through the middle Rather than Odson Edward He is also looking forward to the transfer window closing Well, it was to be honest I'd made the decision before we put him on Because I just felt the game would open up And, and I thought, you know... Um, Tommy would, would give us a little bit of a spark and I just I just thought Kyogo would be much more of a threat down the middle to be honest I probably should have started there um, to begin with but you know, obviously with Forrest out and a little bit short on the wide areas at the moment um, you know um, I had to sort of start with him out on the left uh, but you know, I knew with his speed uh, getting Kyogo in the middle was going to cause them problems um, and um, yeah that was the main reason I just thought as that was prior to them scoring a goal obviously that changed things again it's it's been hugely a challenging period. There's no doubt about that. With with players coming in, uh, as I said, we've been throwing them in, and uh, uncertainty about who who's going to stay. Um, it was always going to be a challenging month for us. So yeah, I'll be happy to get to, to Tuesday and, and and know that you know the players we've got in the building are the ones that are committed to us. Uh, Hugh, an, an admission that he should have done something different with the team. Do you like that? Do you like that honesty that we don't often hear? I think he's a brave man. Uh, you know, having been uh, an eyewitness to these games for decades, I can't recall a Celtic manager uh, in the immediate aftermath of a defeat from Rangers or a Rangers manager in the immediate aftermath of a defeat from Celtic saying, Do you know what? I got that wrong. Be, before he left Ibrox, he was still inside Ibrox when he's saying, I got that wrong. Not something so, refreshing about that, though, rather because yeah, fans don't want the wool pulled over their eyes and, and yeah. you know, all these the excuses and, and stuff that you sometimes I, get. I, I'm paying tribute to him when I say that's a brave move And I'll tell you what He's been hung out to dry by the Celtic hierarchy Because Celtic spent 100 days in the summer Doing nothing And now the players are coming in When it's too late for the Champions League 
And it was too late for the Rangers game And so on and so forth Now they're tumbling in before the end of the transfer deadline But for a hundred days A club stood still Martin's a Celtic fan in Clyde Bank How did you see it yesterday Martin? Well I actually thought the game went okay From a Celtic point of view Obviously bad the result I thought at times we played good football Missed a couple of chances yes But I think that's all becoming too often Against Rangers now We haven't beat them in seven games and that's what I feel Anne Coglu as well Now he's going on about this His style of play He likes to play football Bound to the back And he's all talking about The results will come The results will come When you're at a team like Celtic You have to As well as bring the performances And I think Sooner or later I mean How long is it going to get Before things start to turn And say Right we're playing good football But we aren't winning And also as well We seem to have a problem With Eduard and Furuhashi It seems as if They can't play in the same team Because if Eduard is off, Furuhashi gets up front. You put him up front with 20 minutes to go. He's already played the game. There seems to be no plan B. Yeah, Alex, is that is that where the transfer window comes into it then? Because James Forrest was out yesterday, so Celtic didn't really have wide options. So you've got a couple of things there. Ryan Christie has to play essentially out of position or yeah. close to out of position. And by the manager's own admission, Furuhashi then plays out of position. Yeah, listen, I... I I actually thought when uh, Kyogo was out in the in the left hand side, I thought he could have given um, Balogun a lot a, a lot more trouble. Gordon obviously never done that in the day. Um, hearing the manager saying that he, he got that wrong, I, I'm not quite sure that goes down too mm-hmm. well with guys like Edward who potentially could still be there after the window. Um, I also felt as if he got the left back situation wrong. Uh, I thought Montgomery would have been more natural left sider bombing down that flank. I thought as you open up, you get the ball quicker to. Uh, Kyogo as well So I thought that Kind of Didn't quite work so well I thought some of the The decisions You know You look at Abada How did he stay on so long uh, When you're chasing the game And then to take Turnbull off And put Sorrow in A sitting midfielder I thought that a lot of the, the decisions For me weren't quite right On the day uh, And I agree with, with Martin I don't think there was A great deal within the mm. game and, and it just shows you How important set plays are Yeah because that, Martin mentioned the chances Every We always like to Boil things down And make it seem Simpler than it is So the the overall reaction Has been Celtic were good in the first half And Rangers were better in the second half But uh-huh. although Celtic's best chance came in the first half Most of their chances came in the second If yeah. you think of Furuhashi had a couple And well done to Robbie McCrory for preventing them And by the time the, th- the, the, the last one comes around He squares it when he, when he yeah. should probably shoot So although that doesn't go down as a shot on target It's clearly a very good chance So Rangers had the better of the second half Everyone acknowledges that Yet Celtic still had chances Yeah, um, Furuhashi... Shot when he should have passed And then passed when he should have shot uh, So these things happen um, And I think the reaction from Christie After the First one. the shot that should have been a pass uh, Was maybe lingering in his mind um, And that's why he made the wrong decision At the second time of asking My overall feeling Is that Ange Postacoglu has A way of playing He says it's the way he's wired And he can't change it Well if that is that, if the, the theory is that attack is the best form of defence and if the other team score two, you score three, that will only work mm. when you have a defence that you can rely upon. And right now Celtic don't mm. have that. See, the only problem, Alex, that I have as a layman understanding that specifically on yesterday, it wasn't Celtic's open, expansive style that cost them. No. That comment... On Friday night, fine You say, oh, we're far too open This is not going to work We can't just go gung-ho But it wasn't Celtic's 
over reliance on expansive attacking football that cost them yesterday. No, it was uh, it was their old Achilles heel that came back to haunt them, Gordon. You, we, we spoke oh, last year the amount of goals that they conceded from set plays or second phases was alarming, uh, and it's carried on into this season. And uh, you mentioned earlier on, Suter earlier on uh-huh. uh, away from home. These are big key mm. moments, and and that comes under the defence of frailties, Gordon. No, I take your point. During the game of open play. It didn't quite work out that way But you still have to be switched on at set plays Because they do decide big games And, and that was what happened yesterday um, Martin, you mentioned the fact that it is seven games in a row That Celtic have failed to win in this fixture uh, How much is that a concern to you? Or, or do you leave room for the fact that you know The, the other six are not Ange Postacoglu's fault Or Furuhashi's fault Or Abada's fault Or Joe Hart's fault Because it's a very different Celtic I think it's starting to well, it's probably enough to say this you know, I was talking to my friends about it it's becoming the point now but we're just expecting like, the best we, we could hope for yesterday I would say was a draw to be honest and that's terrible considering where we've came from in the last obviously the last few seasons it just seems as if like, where is a victory going to come against them and I think it's quite alarming that it has been over a few managers now where we've not beat them and I think as it was mentioned earlier on, how long before it becomes a mental block to the players when we just go up against Rangers thinking we can't win the season? Well, no, it's That's my country. point, though, Hugh. How, how do you get a mental block if you haven't been involved? You know, the, the, a lot of the guys there don't have the scars. Some do, whether it's. But you, you go back to uh, the, the Celtic period of 12 games against Rangers, 10 of them won, mm-hmm. two of them drawn. Celtic knew they would mm-hmm. beat Rangers, uh, and on the two occasions when they drew, they should also have beaten Rangers. Uh, it, it but, 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 but then eventually They didn't And it was those same A lot of the same Rangers players Who had lost the fixture Time and time again Just found a way to win one yeah. You know It'll happen surely But the, Well You have to make things happen In football That's what it? I'm saying so, so Rangers did it The fact that you've lost them before Doesn't mean you're going to keep Losing them forever if, You know If James Tavernier And whoever else And Conor Goldson Found ways of, of doing it We're in a small country If Celtic can't beat Rangers They can't win anything And if Rangers can't beat Celtic They can't win anything So if you're in a rut It doesn't matter who started the rut Who was in the middle of the rut And who's at the end of the rut You're in a rut And until Celtic break the Rangers monopoly of Games not lost to Celtic They can't go anywhere Gordon Pryor To to answer your question there You you know those players there and, Mm. and, And obviously players have just arrived one of the discussions I had with Alex McLeish in the summer before I joined was that they hadn't beaten Celtic and the importance of mm. their reopening game of the season at Parkhead. We lost that. But in my mind as a new player, I was very much aware that that was about five mm. or six games down the road and the importance of the next one. So it, most certainly you're aware mm. of it and it can you know it can grow. But you're absolutely right. The quicker they can get a result, the better mm. then because it just reset yeah. then. So what? Because you then lost that one, and did you win the next one? We won the next couple, yeah. yeah. So that 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 gives you it takes that monkey off the back. Thank you to Martin. Let's bring in Jim, who's a Rangers fan. In Denny, what stood out for you yesterday, Jim? Um, evening panel. How you doing? Good, thank you. Good, good. Um, it was just the the whole stats that they were coming up with the. Celtic had so much possession and all the rest of it. I actually watched the game back last night, the back of nine, and what I noticed was that Celtic were taking six or seven passes to get to the halfway line, right? And then there were two passes and Rangers broke them down. I genuinely think that was a ploy. That that was the manager's tactics. That's how they beat Celtic. 
um, they had this um, the, the front line was the was at the halfway line, and that was where they got. They couldn't get. They took six or seven passes to get over the halfway line. So you're, you're looking at they've got so much possession and so much passes and stats and all the rest of it. But they didn't harm us. And I think Stephen Gerrard and his background staff set out the team to do that. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Alec? Is that something that, yeah. that, that would happen in a game? Yeah, listen, I think Gary, Gary McAllister was stood at the side and he was basically saying to the players to drop deep, don't uh, show any spaces, block holes. And I think they've done that very well over the course. They obviously get turned over, but, but that was partly because of Barisic didn't follow uh, a badder into the number inside right uh, uh, position where he, he slotted that ball through to Kyogo and then obviously the miss that was the one time that the Cav Rangers opened but over the course of that opening 45 minutes I was astonished that they couldn't uh, test McCrory more because you're deputing that uh, you know that you try and identify players uh, early on in uh, the game and he would most certainly come into that bracket Is that where there's an efficiency about this Rangers team off the ball that they have built up over time and that's why they won the league last season yeah. um, because Jim's right you know uh, I think what was it 66% possession yeah. I think Celtic had about Double the number of Total passes that Rangers had But I'll, I think everyone knows sure. this About what you do with that And, and that, that itself yeah. doesn't really Count for much Rangers got a lot of praise For what they did off the ball Last season Yeah Gordon I think that was uh, Going back to what they were doing Previous I think they, they've been a bit lacklust uh, In the opening month of the season But when you look at the back line In the midfield Three is very familiar They know how to put blocks on They get behind the ball Very quickly And as I said earlier on By putting uh, Juranovic Out at, le- at left back I thought that slowed up Celtic's playing And Jim on the line Saying about Allowing them to play In front of you I don't think that was Actually hurting Rangers A lot of the mm. time um, Jim Given everything That went on In the build up Did you did you doubt your team At any point Because we've had a lot of Critical Rangers fans on Let's say In the last couple of weeks Following Molda And, and Dun- uh, Malmo Sorry And Dundee United How were you feeling Getting into the game Genuinely I thought If we can get a draw If we can get away With a draw here I'll be well chuffed Given the fact that The, the way that we'd been playing uh, We weren't firing On all cylinders Then we lost Some key players um, And then as the, game, as the game Started going on I'm sitting looking at it and I'm thinking one of their players that came in for the most stick um, recently has been uh, Big Golson. Mm-hmm. And I felt that because he knew there was a weakness at the side of him and a weakness behind him, he was 110% switched on. You know, he was just old-fashioned centre-half. Just get rid. You know, just he went through everything. And I think that was down to the fact that he had inexperience at the side of him and at the back of him. And it was protect at all costs. And I think it worked brilliant. I've, I've never seen so many people get so much wrong about that game yesterday. You know, prior to kickoff, uh, you asked, I went back over one Sunday newspaper yesterday who asked all of their journalists how you think it would go. They were horrifically wrong. You tipped Rangers? Yes, but the people thought this would be 2 2. Or. Oh, yeah, the total number of goals they got th- wrong. 3 yeah, 1 yeah, yeah. Celtic or 3 1 Rangers. Or, Everyone got it horrifically wrong It did not work out the way people thought it I mean, would People were still tipping Rangers a lot And Rangers were the bookmakers' favourite I think yeah. yesterday, the last time I checked before the game And Alex, I wonder if Can teams use that? I saw Kamar Roof and, and others And a lot of the stuff from Rangers fans saying Ah, everybody wrote us off Who actually wrote Rangers off That, that yeah. mattered? Well, to be honest with you, Gordon you know, Obviously, be, we've got Jim on the line He thought it was going to be a, a more difficult game Than it turned out to be I think there was a fear because the Rangers were actually uh, producing leading up to that game. However, when you look at the Rangers' form 
Over the course of the whole of last season I think that's 21 wins in the bounce So it's very difficult to get a result at Ibrox, Ibrox these yeah. days The modern day players Very very thin skinned I think You know when Leon Balogun speaks of That will ram it down the throats of our critics Rangers were put out of the Champions League By a Marmo team that they had 11 men v 10 at Ibrox 2-2 on the night And they lost two goals Of course you're critical Against Alice Kurt Who were hopeless Rangers struggled in both games So of course you're critical What else are people supposed to say? Jim, were you impressed by Robbie McCrory? You mentioned there, you know, protect at all costs But he didn't get protection all day He had to do some of it himself And he stood up to that Yeah, he was called into action, what, twice? Yeah, I think two good saves, yep Yeah, I mean, that for me A young, inexperienced goalkeeper Should have been getting peppered with shots Crosses all day long And put under pressure the young, the young inexperienced goalkeeper is a bit of a myth. He's 23 and yesterday was his 109th professional appearance. So he did well and the save from Furuhashi was straight out of the Alan McGregor mm-hmm. guide to good goalkeeping. But the, the, the bit about the... You know, they didn't take him from school and bring him in for the day. I think the experience with what people are in the fit, fixture, are, yeah, and the Rangers, he's yeah, never played yeah, there. Yeah, he, but is that his seventh, eight, seventh, eighth game for Rangers? So in terms of the second, no, was it? Where's right, okay. his debut? So, in sorry, uh, well, I, th- I think when you look at over the course, Gordon, he's actually not played a great deal. Obviously, he's been to was it Queen's South and Livingston, so he's obviously got experience for that point, but nothing to the magnitude of this. Uh, those two saves, the ones as you mentioned, Traffic, the, yeah. the one with the foot, and then. I felt one that maybe got overlooked a little bit for some reason was the one where Furuhashi is through and, yeah. and, and tries to sort of clip it over him. I yeah. didn't feel like enough people Gordon, gave him Gordon, praise the, for that. The, the boy done brown on oh, the whole of the day um, because that was obviously important, saving one with your feet. He was trying to go back across. Now, we, we spoke last week about Joe Hart making uh-huh. a big save similar to that when he managed to just deflect to his toe. And then he obviously makes that save when he's bearing down in goal. But even when you go back to the Edward chance, I thought he was really sharp out. And that may well have been helped, a, yeah. a, a helping factor as well. Thanks, Jim. It was nice to speak to you. Hopefully, you'll do it again soon. That was Jim and Denny on 01419511025. And it's the perfect time to call because you could be up next. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here. It's 01419511025. It's at Clyde SSB. On Twitter as well So keep your thoughts coming in On yesterday's match um, Trying to think Alex About the, the the individuals That you pick out we, we mentioned this in the show yesterday Where it was a strange game In the sense that None of the attacking players on show Really managed to light it up Both sides yeah. it, it was more about Rangers doing a job Riding out the first half Being good off the ball Making interceptions Then, you know, then the set piece counts and again, for Celtic's forward players, Abada really didn't get into it at all. Furuhashi didn't work yeah. out wide, missed a couple of chances through the middle, and, and Edward misses a chance. So I don't feel like there was much great attacking football on display. Yeah. And that's not even necessarily a criticism because I'll always try and talk it up. It was it of was end to end, it was tense, it was exciting, so it, it was a good game in that respect, but not the kind of Relentless attacking stuff that, uh, that some people like When you see the lineups, Gordon You look at both Attacking uh, teams You know I, I said on Saturday I wanted Roof, Morelos and Kent mm-hmm. And then obviously You've got Abada Absolutely flying Kyogo's just lit the place up Edward as well So you're looking at that You're thinking My god this is going to be like 3-3 I think that's one of the reasons Why these uh, pundits and so forth Are predicting a high scoring game It didn't work out It became, it became an old fashioned 
Um, old firm game Where it all got bogged down It got tight It was battles I've, I've seen was... that described Particularly from a Rangers perspective An old fashioned Rangers Old firm performance Is yeah, that yeah, Does I, that fit Hugh Because you'll have seen Many of them um, I, I thought I, it was a tribute To uh, Determination I don't think the side Was as Decimated By Covid Or injury or illness As uh, has been suggested I thought it was a very Very strong Rangers side I mean Balogun Is an international after all yeah, He's not a right back though He's not He's, 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 third, not, he's not He's third choice And third choice goalkeeper Well does that mean It was mm. a mistake On Rangers part Playing him I don't know Because they had no, but to but it's only The options they had Hugh well, but, Let but, me ask you a question Then if Tavernier And uh, Young Patterson Were available Would he have played I am paying tribute To Rangers For the, the, the old fashioned Aspect that you Have brought up Alec uh, I thought for them it was a, a triumph because they had gone in with everyone speaking about Celtic and how they were playing expansive football, number of goals they scored and they did have a 5,000 mile round trip to Armenia into the bargain I'm simply stating that they had a strong side mm. it wasn't as if it was a severely weakened Ranger side but they did their jobs efficiently, professionally dogged determination again and they got a just reward Let's speak to Stephen Who's a Celtic fan In Airdrie How are you feeling After that yesterday Stephen? Very positive Okay Very very positive This time last year We phoned up And I wanted Neil in at the door We just witnessed The first old firm game Where Celtic didn't have A shot on target You've got to remember The guy Is only a few weeks Into the job By the time Rangers Come to Parkhead The new year We'll be at least Six points clear Oh. And we'll just we'll beat them easy, absolutely easy. B- based on based on what? Well, just the way we played yesterday. If we had a striker who was actually wanting to be in the club and on top form, we would have been up before half time. I mean that that miss yesterday was just criminal. I mean, do you think, I get the overall stuff, Stephen, because it does look like he wants to leave. Everybody says it, but do you think he misses that because he doesn't want to be there, or is it just a? Just a mistake that anybody can make how, how are those two really linked? You know, when the ball's coming across Is he thinking Oh, I can't wait to get play it, for somebody else and I'll stick this past the post no, I, th- I think he just doesn't care I think, I think it, was nothing to do with, it was nothing to do with that no. He's actually took his eye off the ball He's, he's, no, he's Yeah, and he hasn't really kind of Shown uh, total focus at that point uh, Again, as I said He was getting a wee bit of pressure from either side But it's a, it's a chance you'd expect him He's not uh, sitting there thinking I'm already out of dodge Hugh, what about Stephen's prediction That Celtic will be at least six points clear By the next Old well, Firm game? Stephen sounds like me uh, And as good as predictions as I am um, I mean, on the basis that Celtic have played four league games And lost two of them uh, I don't know how you can come up with the suggestion That there'll be six points clear of Rangers by New Year And will beat them easily uh, that from this distance uh, is not something you can say. Hugh, we said uh, last Saturday on the show it'll be interesting because of Celtic had a really strong period at home where they were winning and they were winning convincing. I think it was 24 goals in six home games. Uh-huh. They were flying. And we said it was a big week for Celtic, particularly on the road over at Altmar and obviously Ibrox. For me, it'd be a concern on the road because they've obviously lost to Michelin as well. As well. And Hearts. And yeah. Hearts, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean. Stephen, the form obviously was good And then lots of people were pointing out that tougher tests were still to come e- Even though there were, you're right, there were moments yesterday Is that enough to make you think Celtic will be six points clear by the time they meet again? Yeah, because uh, you've got to remember, the guy's just in the door, right? It's already starting to work with what he's doing So as You can see that very, very clearly The difference between this time last year 
in Celtic nowadays is absolutely completely different. Once we get a few more signings in tomorrow, Edward out the door, get a team settled, give the guy a couple of months, by the time the next old firm game comes on, you'll be absolutely flying. It's tough though, isn't it though, Stephen? Because I know everyone says he doesn't want to be there, but it's going to be pretty tough to guarantee that whoever replaces Edward is better than him. Well, well, we've got a guy in the team in who should have played up front yesterday. It was really refreshing for a manager to come out and see how it was yesterday as well. Every time I listen to the guy, I just get even more and more impressed. And I've been listening to some Celtic fans tonight who should really go and look in the mirror and actually think about what team they want to support. This is a tired old argument that if somebody uh, has an observation to make on Celtic that is not to your liking, they are not real Celtic supporters. What's even weirder about it is I don't remember any Celtic fans being particularly no. critical think, so far. I think Ange Postacoglu, given that he lost the game, given that he then came out in the immediate aftermath And said he He made a mistake Picked the wrong team essentially I think the, the Celtic supporters Have taken it all On the chin And they still have a belief In the man 99% of them still have A belief that he is going Down the right road But to say Your fellow Celtic supporter Isn't a real Celtic supporter You know Tired hmm. Hackneyed old stuff uh, Thank you to Stephen 01419511025 Who you might have heard this story on our news channels all day It's been in the news bulletins on the websites and so on um, But government officials, mm-hmm. police officials Again, this fixture has um, given us stuff that we don't want to talk about Yeah, um, you, I think everyone who listens to the show knows that we prefer to focus on the football But there are people out there Who make that increasingly difficult for us So the story Today The anti-Irish Catholic Singing on show in Glasgow At the weekend Is wholly unacceptable And a number of arrests Are likely to be made Says the assistant Chief Constable of Police Scotland uh-huh. Footage posted in social media Showing Rangers fans Being escorted by police Through the city centre Before the game Whilst chanting an anti-Irish song Referencing the famine Bernard Higgins Assistant Chief Constable Said that police Did not facilitate the procession and officers on patrol had come across the group during their duties. Um, it was shameful. It was offensive. And I am one of the people who takes offence because my grandparents came from County Sligo to Ireland, eh, to Scotland. Uh, they were part of the people who were avoiding what was going on in Ireland at that time. And they came here uh, in the very early part of the 20th century. So... I feel for them and for others like them who were mocked in song by the Rangers supporters yesterday. I also think that Rangers as a club should issue a statement decrying what their supporters did because when supporters mocked Kyogo Furuhashi uh, and his country of origin, arrests were made and Rangers quickly issued lifetime bans to the supporters who sang the song about Furuhashi. I think the same course of action should be taken by Rangers with regard to people uh, who were singing about other people and that they should go home. Well, you know, my grandparents came here and we are home. And the singing yesterday was shameful and Rangers should respond. Yeah, that phrase, go home, just... Well, it should make your skin crawl. Yeah, regardless and of who, it does. regardless of who you're talking about. Um, Alex Rangers got a lot of praise last week for the way they handled the Furuhashi yeah. situation, um, because again, th- this was 
the, the video that I'm talking about wasn't at the game It was on the way to the game um, But but neither was that last week That was in a supporters bus And Rangers decided to act very decisively Very quickly um, And got praise for that Would you expect a similar route to be taken this time? Yeah I would Gordon And uh, discrimination of any nature Should not be tolerated uh, The police are already on it um, On the back of last week Gordon For it to happen so soon again People are going to lose the right to watch their team that they profess to love But all they're doing is they're bringing negative publicity to the club uh, And it's shameful And Hugh, look, you've, you've been here many times to, to see how this plays out We, Some people want to spend time asking Why have you not said this in the past? What about this one? And look at this tweet that was sent And what about, what about, what about? Yeah. And other people want to spend time arguing over uh, the meaning of the words and and whether it's oh, oh it's not anti-Irish racism it's it's only sectarianism is the sort yeah. of response that you sometimes hear when, when when many of that just misses the point if you, if you're going to get bogged down in if that's your main concern if that yeah. is the if that's the thought at the forefront of your mind you've missed the point yeah the people of intelligence are indulging in what aboutery. Uh, I am confining myself to what took place in Glasgow because that's what you're asking me about, Gordon. I repeat, my grandparents came here from Ireland. They had their family here in Scotland. I am proud to be their grandson. I am home. Thank you. Thank you. 0141 Hopefully a cheerier note. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. It is beat the pundit time. Let's see what you've got in store for these two on a Monday night. They've had a busy weekend, both of them. I don't know if that's left any time for studying. Maybe you can take advantage. 01419511025. We're already running a bit late for this, so be quick. The lines close at seven, and your chance to beat the pundit is next. Tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here at 0141-951-1025 We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB If you're just joining us We've been, obviously, looking back on the game at Ibrooks yesterday Hearing from Ange Postacoglu and Gary McAllister And lots of interesting thoughts from you on the phones With regards to what happened yesterday Got some interesting stuff um, about Celtic's home game against Ferenc Varos in the Europa League I'll tell you about that next Beat the Pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Right Beat the Pundit time Let's see how we start the new week I as always Will be rooting for the listeners But in truth We need to stop giving away Some of these sign balls We've been giving them away Like they've been going out of fashion The guys have got cramped From the number of signatures They need to provide Every time they come in here So Colin And Kel McComb How are you tonight? Aye, I'm good Are you I'm well? Good, good. Did you enjoy the Aye. game yesterday? Oh, fantastic day yesterday I thought you might say that And you might even get a sign ball from Super Scoreboard to add to it Your weekend cannot get any better Let's toss the coin If it's heads, it will be Hugh Keevans And if it's tails, you'll take on Alex Ray And it's heads It's Hugh Keevans taking on Colin from Kilmacomb So we will give Hugh some Clyde 2 to listen to just to make sure he can't steal your answers Colin Because he's getting desperate A few defeats this season I think he would have I'll put 30 seconds on the clock Just to remind you You answer as many questions right as you can But it's okay to pass And move on to the next one If you don't know the answer okay Right Let's go 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now Who was the last Croatian to play for Celtic Before Josip Juranovic? 
Benkovic Name the only club side Stephen Gerrard played with Other than Liverpool LA Galaxy Which English side is Scott McKenna currently with? Nottingham Forest Name the only Scottish side Stuart McCall has managed permanently Motherwell Which SPFL team does Kirk Broadfoot currently play for? St Mum Who scored more goals in the current Scotland squad Lyndon Dykes or Andy Robertson? Andy Robertson Who scored Motherwell's only goal against Dundee at the weekend? Ah, I wouldn't have brought that anyway oh, You've got time No oh. Pass Aye ah, pass Right okay Let's bring Hugh Keevans back And see what he can do Hugh can you hear us? I can Great Same set of questions to you 30 seconds And your time starts now Who was the last Croatian To play for Celtic Before Josip Juranovic? Pass Name the only club side Steven Gerrard played with Other than Liverpool Pass Which English side Is Scott McKenna currently with? Not Forest Name the only Scottish team Stuart McCall managed permanently Motherwell Which SPFL team does Kirk Broadfoot currently play for? Um, Who scored more goals in the current Scotland squad Lyndon Dykes or Andy Robertson? Lyndon Dykes Who scored Motherwell's only goal against Dundee at the weekend? Tony Watt What's the verdict Colin? Uh, I don't know, I think I won there I, I like, see, I like that start, Usually right. they're too scared to say that And they go, oh I think no. you pipped me But Colin thinks uh, he, he won and I think I you m- played the game, so that's. <laughs> Let's find out who was the last Croatian to play for Celtic before Josip Juranovic. Semunovic. It was Semunovic. I'll tell you what. As far as guesses go, Colin went Benkovic. So at least he came up with something. But it was Jozo Semunovic. So nil nil after the first question. Disappointed in you with this one, Shug Stephen Gerrard. LA. LA Galaxy. Yep. Colin, you. He still doesn't remember it. No, you're looking at me blankly. Like what was it? I thought you said another. British No just the only club side Apart from Liverpool Ah LA Galaxy Um, So there we go 1-0 to Colin You did know Nottingham Forest Was Scott McKenna's club You also knew Stuart McCall Had been Motherwell manager So it's 3-2 at this point It's a a close battle Kirk Broadfoot currently plays for ICT Inverness Nowadays yeah So none of you got that You both named his former clubs Uh, So you need something On the board here Hugh And you've got a 50-50 Who scored more goals In the current Scotland squad Lyndon Dykes Or Andy Robertson It's Andy Robertson Wow 3-2 That's unbelievable Listen you've got Producer Callum likes The reverse psychology On these questions questions. But now that I've said that He'll go double bluff Next time So you've got He's a difficult man To figure out He really is Um, And I'm not just talking about He's beat the pundit question So Andy Robertson's got three Lyndon Dykes has got two So Colin stretches his lead You did pull one back You Tony Watt scored for Motherwell A three for you But Colin already had four On the board Colin well done to you Happy days There'll be a party In Kilmer Club Main Street tonight <laughs> well, It'll be wild <laughs> Alex will bring you down After the show Well done As long well, as there's no, a freebie I've, I've got another party My grandson Noah Is eight is today I've got to go up To see Noah On his eighth birthday Happy birthday Noah Hope you're having a good day Producer Callum's raging He's having to give Another oh, ball no, away Look at him He's in there already raging. There's only three left oh, Apparently my, I don't know how we, through the week. I don't know how long They were projected to last But the Dazzler's on twice um, this week as well They could be gone by Thursday oh, You're right You're absolutely right In fact there's been, there had to be a, a, a shuffle A swap this week So tomorrow Halliday and Hannah Surely the sign ball does not leave Oh Barely a defeat between them Interesting So Where's the Dazzler? Oh, you don't want to know No you don't want to know no. You don't want to know We'll speak to him <laughs> later in the week uh, Colin and Kilmacomb Thank you 01419511025 um, Not a story I necessarily expected Maybe I should have seen this coming Celtic's home match Against Ferenc Varos In the Europa League Has been confirmed For Tuesday The 19th of October 
With a half past three kickoff. Mm. A statement on the club's website Tweeted out says Due to the COP26 conference yeah. Things you never thought you would discuss yeah. On Super Scoreboard uh, It's taking place in Glasgow Police Scotland have informed us No home matches may take place On match day four of the Europa League So this means UEFA must schedule Two home fixtures in the city On match day three Police Scotland, stewarding companies And other match day service providers Are unable to facilitate Two major fixtures at home on the same day So Rangers and Celtic playing in the same city At the same time tends to have its issues And therefore UEFA's informed us That the club's match day three in the Europa League Must change from the normal Europa League slot Well you'd imagine it will uh, decimate the crowd at Celtic Park Because uh, children are at school Their parents are at work Uh, There can't be mass truancy and mass absenteeism from work So it must have its effect on the, on the crowd Difficult game for Celtic um, You know, Ferdinand Farrell started all the problems A year ago On the night that Neil Lennon exploded uh, After losing to them at Celtic Park So it's not the best of circumstances for Celtic But you've got global mm. leaders here For a climate yeah. change conference uh, That's the thing And for any Celtic I'm sure there will be a lots, lots of disappointment My understanding of it Is that Celtic Did try really hard To get UEFA to change their mind But yeah. UEFA don't Often change their mind And and, and Hugh's right You're talking about 190 world leaders Coming yeah. to Glasgow um, Police emergency services Can't do the two big games In normal times And this yeah. makes it even worse With the Covid And all the rest of it So My understanding Celtic are disappointed about it They tried to avoid it Here's where we're at But Hugh's right If, yeah. if we, we always just stick up for the, the fan on, on this show And I can imagine Lots of Celtic fans are thinking Half past three on a Tuesday afternoon But but these are um, Unusual circumstances Yeah without doubt And uh, it's obviously been in place for a long time They can't facilitate it Gordon So listen It makes sense to do it The, the way they've actually arranged to do it uh, so there we go Just a bit of breaking news tonight Not one we necessarily expected 01419511025 Scott is a Rangers fan In Shawlands What jumped out for you yesterday Scott? Hello uh, I Yesterday for me I've got a couple of points just to say One I think Robbie McCrory um, Although he didn't have much to do I think he's 23 now mm-hmm. He's He's had good loan spells um, stood up when it counted yesterday And I think he should maybe be seen as A move up to being the second choice goalie um, Because I think, you know What's he there for If he's mm-hmm. if he's not going to make that step up With McGregor and McLaughlin both aging now mm-hmm. um, And the other point well, let's, take, let's just take that one Scott Firstly, because that seems like a, a very good place to start um, on, on one hand, Hugh We can be guilty of Knee-jerk reactions You know uh-huh. One game And all of a sudden Robbie McCrory needs To be Pushed up the pecking order However I wonder if, if There is some Value in what Scott says Due, due to his age yeah. And the club in, On one hand Clearly have high hopes for him Because he's still there uh-huh. Do you think There's a chance To see more of him Between now and the end of the season My guess is This is Alan McGregor's last season This is the last hurrah uh, And if Rangers Really want to develop Robbie McCrory uh, Now would be the time for him to Understudy Alan McGregor As I say The, the, the save from uh, Furuhashi yesterday Was straight out of the Alan McGregor manual For good goalkeeping uh, So the, the two of them I think Could work um, McGregor is number one McCrory is number two McCrory being used in matches Where Stephen Gerrard Thought he could make the change um, 
John McLaughlin might well ask, well, what have I done? But again, McLaughlin is at an advanced stage of his career and McCrory's tomorrow's man. So I think now would be the time for McGregor, of course, to retain the number one position, but McCrory to become the understudy. We are a fickle bunch yeah. because John McLaughlin mm, hasn't plus. done anything wrong. Rangers fans like him. There's even calls for him to play the Euros and so on, from obviously from uh, certain sections. Yeah, but at the same time, you kind of get it, Alex. I mean, if he is 23 and he has played a hundred games, and then and he can be trusted in an old firm yeah. game, what is next? Is third choice enough? No, no, probably not. He's he's obviously got a taste of it now, Gordon. However, you have to look at what John McLaughlin did. He some I think his um, clean sheet ratio last year was tremendous. He looked very assured. Uh, now, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves with this young guy, but there is most certainly potential there. That's the reason why he went and loan. He showed what he can do yesterday as well in the big games. So he will be chapping at the door. Uh, so obviously the watch it with Colin Stewart will do the... Assessment on a daily yeah. basis Who's actually progressing really well uh, Going forward But as, as Hugh says I can't see McGregor going beyond this year I wonder if there were still doubts there Because he played a lot for Livy And he played yeah. in a cup final But he couldn't always hold down the number one spot There were times when he, he came out And Max Stryak went in Who's a good goalkeeper as well um, But it was interesting Gary McAllister was very specific Speaking about him When he said they've noticed a real difference As he came yeah. back They said he's much more vocal Much more commanding And, he, and he's He's different now So I wonder if there is scope And again Difficult Because John McLaughlin's yeah. not done anything wrong But all Robbie McCrory can do Is take his chance Absolutely No I think it's a it's a good position For everyone Because you obviously Get John McLaughlin Who you can trust You've got a young guy Coming in God, I quite like the fact That Gary McAllister Getting a little bit Of kind of Meeting the bone there When he's actually saying mm. That he's come back He looks different He looks confident And you have to believe That you are Worthy of in that environment And it, clearly he done that yesterday So he can really kick on now Do you see the difficulty in that Scott? Because you're right John McLaughlin's not, not He's not done anything wrong We've seen Robbie McCrory now twice How How, how is that going to sort itself out? Uh, I, I don't know I think sometimes a good manager Like Stephen Gerrard You just have to be ruthless And make some changes When they need to be made And practically You know John McLaughlin's not got any resale value if, uh, to develop Robbie McCrory You're developing another Great Scottish player Patterson Who is only going to Accumulate in their value you know, So Well funny you mentioned that um, Nathan Patterson Alex yes. It's been a, an Interesting time Involving him Not so much on the pitch Because we've not Seen a lot of him But The reports are That Everton have come in again And had something Knocked back again And it looks like That may be the end of it And we'll get on to this after the break I'm sure But he's had to withdraw From the Scotland squad initially Due to self-isolation But should join up Is he going to be A Rangers player After the window ends In your mind And if so How often will we see him? Yeah Listen uh, They've rebuffed uh, The first one uh, It looks as if Reports today are saying £8 million uh, For a young guy Who's pretty much played What a dozen games at best So I think the Rangers uh, Will have a a decision to make if they increase that Gordon because it starts to get any serious money we look at Frimpong recently as well but I see him as a natural uh, successor I think there's more development and I think there's more value down the road if you describe £5 million as a joke and Stephen Gerrard did describe it as a joke I don't think the £8 million is going to encourage you either I think it bare minimum it would have to be double digit millions it's a fairly sizable uplift though. Yeah, I, I get yeah. your point. Okay, uh, thanks, Scott. 
It was nice to speak to you I do want to squeeze one more in So if you forgive me We'll go to Greg and Stirling Greg what's your point tonight? Hi there guys A uh, couple of quick points uh, The first was about uh, Furuhashi mm-hmm. um, Obviously the, the I'm a Rangers fan I was at the game yesterday Great day out uh, Just kind of usual these days But uh, the, He was saying that he, he made the wrong decision Playing him right wide Which I think everyone Who was there Would probably agree with And you saw him in the last 10 minutes or so mm-hmm. But I, I think the reason That he did that Is that was probably made that decision when the team sheet for Rangers came out, he saw that Balogun wasn't pl- was playing, uh, and he thought, "Well, we'll move him out there. Then he can squeeze in uh, Edward up top." And it was just a shake of the dice that, that went completely wrong for him. And he's getting praised for saying that, oh, that it was a mistake. I mean, anyone sees that's a mistake. You shouldn't get praised for that. Do you really think he left it that late, though, Greg? Because bear in mind. No one really knew in the morning that Nathan Patterson was out Or James Tavernier was out for that matter um, And Celtic had their own not Whilst not as disruptive They didn't they didn't have James Forrest And they don't have another winger So is it not more likely that that's why Kyogo started there Rather than some knowledge that Balogun was going to be right back The, the reason I made the point was I said to him right on the way through like, This is going to be a problem Who goes against whoever playing at right back if, if, well, We didn't really know what was happening obviously But but that was going to be the issue And then as soon as we saw that They they, they were playing obviously Edward up top him out right That was the place that we kind of identified That Balogun might struggle I mean he's, he's fast for a centre half But not for a right back yeah. uh, But I mean he, he had a couple of blips In the first maybe 10 minutes I'd say Goldson covered them But then after that mm-hmm. He was just cruising It, I it think, was an easy game I think it's naive To suggest that the Celtic manager Changed his team on the spot when he saw a Rangers team sheet The Celtic players When they arrived at Ibrox Would have known the team And for Greg to say that Why should he get praised For being honest Well That's the reason Why you get praised He was honest uh, it's, Admirable quality It's preferable to dishonesty I think they, they played That shape as well Yeah they've done Hearts. a few times Yeah they've yeah. done it against Hearts And you know They could have run out uh, Bigger winners on the day If they'd uh, taken their chances But what you do is leading up to these games, God, you've got all your preparation in and then you hand the team sheets in at the mm. same time so you don't actually know who's playing for the opposition. So I, th- I think this was uh, very much pre-planned because by Celtic. Because actually, had Celtic had an out-and-out winger, a specialist winger yeah. available, that might have been the guy to put on Balogun because he had a tough time in the fixture last season. He's played there before. Absolutely. And was it El Yunusi gave him quite a yeah, tough he time, do, I think. Yes. He got um, hooked, God, he And, got hooked, and yeah. so that's why it's credit to him. Um I think the Rangers fans would have been as guilty as anyone at, at, at worrying about, you know, it wasn't outside. I know people keep talking about the, the so-called criticism from outside. I don't think anyone outside was saying en- anything different from the Rangers fans who, on their way to the game, were thinking, oh, Balogun at right back. You've yeah. got to be honest about that. You can't rewrite it. Yeah, and I think that's on the back of the performance last year uh, against Celtic Gordon. So, you know, it's natural that you would look at that performance to see what he's up against today. Then you look at Kyogo. Who has been the, the star turn this year so far in front of goals But it clearly didn't work in the day So, you know, I have to give credit to Balogun Because playing out of position against a guy that's at the top of his game And, and kind of securing mm-hmm. him pretty well uh, I mean, Greg, you said it was the, the usual these days Or words to that effect And I guess with seven fixtures unbeaten You're pretty much right Do you see anything to suggest that that's going to change anytime soon? Any worries? 
Uh, I mean, they're maybe slightly closer. Uh, that is probably what I'd say. We, we obviously we've not been playing well. Uh, we were all apprehensive, but thought we'd get the job done. I, I just wanted to talk about that. He had said about the side wasn't decimated. Uh, mm. with COVID which I kind of agree with in terms of numbers but, but apart from that I mean everyone just talks about how important McGregor is in these fixtures or McLaughlin obviously experienced as well I mean we weren't decimated but you had a guy who's playing what his, his second third game mm-hmm. for the end goals alright he's played 100 games at Living Things but he's not played in games like that and to have a, a lad like that come in and play I thought he played well he had one clearance first half came out well Obviously, the save. I mean, not decimated, but mm-hmm. by no means we've not been playing well. We didn't have a captain or manager. We didn't. We had a first choice keeper. It doesn't get much worse than yeah. that, does it? Now, I think I get where you're both coming from because it, it, Balogun had a good game and McCrory had a good game. So uh-huh. it's sort of credit to them, and there's clearly a strength there. But you, you have to admit, losing all them is not is not an ideal. Oh, the ideal preparation. preparation. Gordon, yeah. no, no. Um, but thank you to Greg in Sterling. Got something exciting for you, right? So no oh. full time teaser this week. What? You two are off the hook, but it's even worse. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it's not really not for you. It's even better, I should say. It's a, it's a good opportunity. You'll have heard me talking about this. We are giving every night this week. We're giving you the chance to win tickets to a Scottish football match of your choice. I'll tell you more about Brilliant. it next. Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here until 8 o'clock So there is plenty of time to get your calls in If you've got something you still want to get off your chest About yesterday's game Now's a good time to do it Stevie Clark says this is the most disrupted Scotland camp He's ever had And we're only two days away from a huge game Over there in Denmark So we'll hear from him soon as well, but get something exciting first. So we've ditched the full time teaser just for a week, but we do need your questions, so keep them coming full time at Clyde1.com. But we've been promising big things on the show for the last week, so it is about time that we delivered them. Win your way to live football with Glenn's Vodka, official spirit partner of the SPFL. Please drink responsibly. Yes, looking forward to this tonight and every night this week we're giving you the chance to win your way back to live Scottish football. The stadiums are back to full capacity and thanks to Glenn's Vodka, the official partner of the SPFL, we could be sending you and a friend to the game of your choice with £100 cash to spend as well. Not bad at all. Here's the way it's going to work. We've got clues to a player who's played this season in the Scottish top flight. Two callers are going to join us on air and they're going to buzz in when they think they know who the player is Uh based on our clues. Very simple. So the winner gets the two tickets, like we said, to see any SPFL team of their choice plus £100 cash to see you through the match day experience. Let's meet the contestants tonight. On line A, we have Darren from Dumbarton, who's a Dumbarton fan. How's it going, Darren? Not bad Gordon, not bad, how are you? Not bad, thank you for asking And on line B, Celtic fan Martin from Edinburgh Martin, are you well? Yes, I'm good, thank you Good stuff, yes, absolutely Very polite tonight in the oh, phones so as well This will never catch on uh, So Darren will be ho- probably out for the big tickets to the Dumbarton game Martin, I'd imagine uh, if Celtic if on his will, mind Matt Wilson back oh, I wouldn't go that far <laughs> Things aren't that desperate um, Certainly not a good start to the season Right, so here's the important part guys if you know who the player is from the clues, you must buzz in with your name. Now, I'm not going to patronise you too much, so Martin, shout Martin. If you know the answer, Darren, shout Darren. If you know the answer. Um, if you shout the player's name, we cannot accept the answer. But if you buzz in and you get it wrong, the other caller gets all five clues oh, before the answer. Love it. So use that buzzer wisely. Does that make sense, both of you? 
perfect sense, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Now, producer Callum's going to be the bad cop. He's going to decide who buzzes in. I just wash my hands of it, not to me, right? So, um, let's get going with these clues, shall we? Are we ready? Yep, yep. Okay. Clue number one I've been the top scorer in the Scottish top flight before, but I've never scored a league hat trick. Silence. Move on to clue two. This is my fifth season in Scottish football since signing from another team in Europe. Oh, Zedgy. They're keeping their cards close to their chest. Listen carefully, clue three. I have seven caps for my national team based in South America. I heard a Martin Did you hear that yeah. Producer Callum Right Martin Who do you think it is Alfredo Morelos It is Alfredo Morelos Well done Martin You've won two tickets To see any SPFL team Of your choice Plus £100 cash To see you through the game All thanks to Glenn's Vodka The official partner Of the SPFL Darren Unlucky uh, Well done Martin Well done Well done yeah, Martin man, Thank you What gave it's it away the, the South America <laughs> By aye, any I'm, chance Aye I wish that I I thought that There we go Brilliant Celtic fan knows He's Alfredo Morelos Knowledge yes, But listen you've got, you've got the last laugh Martin You've got the tickets And the £100 Need I ask What game you're going to pick um, I'm not too sure yet <laughs> You can think uh, Long and hard about that There we go So Martin Well done to you If you want to play tomorrow Just go to Clyde1.com And register yeah. Please drink responsibly I think I'm going to go that tomorrow night Well you're not allowed Well let's start in there Quick as you He like. was waving his arms wasn't he uh, I'm glad we didn't have to go to the, Do you want me to tell you What the next cool. two clues were anyway I've been sent off six times In the Scottish Premiership And my nickname is El Buffalo Oh, oh wow. And no wait That's clue four It gets it gets even more ridiculous My name starts with A And ends in Alfredo Morelos <laughs> Please don't make me read out clue five As the week goes on Please anyway, don't Anyway Martin Hibs are playing Celtic In, in Edinburgh in October you don't even have to leave town Exactly Good advice there Thank you to Martin Well done uh, To Darren as well Good sports And we'll do it again Tomorrow We're going to hear from Stevie Clark It's been a brutal start To this uh, International break And it's a big one as well Three mm. Big games Two of them very tough indeed Let's bring in Jerry first though Who's a Celtic fan uh, Jerry, What did you take away from yesterday? Hello Yeah Sorry about that I wasn't expecting to be honest Just now um... oh, What were you doing? Did we interrupt you? <laughs> Yeah, I, I was putting on, as I said to Callum there, uh, an M and S chicken pie with them. Oh, oh, I haven't had my dinner yet. Not just Come any on. pie, an M and S pie, oh, no less. Can't posh, hide class, Jerry. Posh. Can't hide class. Hope you enjoy it. What's your point? Then we'll get it done and dusty and let you get back to your dinner. Right, uh, it was something that Stuart. Uh, sorry, Stuart. Who's Stuart? There's nobody Stuart on. Uh, <laughs> something that Hugh mentioned about uh, twenty to seven when I phoned, and it was about the. Uh, I don't know what you call it, obstinacy or foster code not changing the system, but I, I'm wondering what he's going to do with McCarthy once this guy ever gets fit. I mean, he's, he, he wasn't in Holland, he wasn't on the bench, he's only played about 18 minutes against St. Mern. So I don't know if this boy's made out of candy floss or not, because um, he's still not ready. But I'm wondering what foster code is going to do with him once he actually is ready for, for, for service, as it were. Because I can't see him playing McGregor, Turnbull, and, and McCarthy in the same in the same mid three mm. because because McCarthy is clearly as a holder. And I actually thought yesterday um, he was going to tweak that system. Nobody saw how, how bad a bad I was going to be. Um, and he actually even on the nine minutes in BBC 
um, sports scene that uh, I don't remember him actually saying the word Abada because he wasn't on the ball, so nobody saw that. So I'm just wondering, perhaps he should have tweaked it um, in order to to make his mark in the first game mm-hmm. against Rangers. But I don't know what he's going to do with McCarthy. Where do the guys think he's going to play? And I think we'll put, put that to let's put it to Alex first. I'm yeah. sure Hugh would even agree that seems like a very Alex question to answer. Yeah, he, he loves yeah, the yeah, makeup yeah. of midfields, yeah. um, and you'll you'll know the players involved yeah. well. Is it is it an interesting question? Well, uh, we, to answer his question, when Sorrow came on yesterday, McGregor went forward one. So I think that, that potentially mm. could work for them. McCarthy would be the quarterback, got on the ball, keep things ticking over. So if you've got a fully fit James McCarthy and he's up to speed and, he, and he's yeah. playing well, is that what Celtic would have done yesterday, do you think? P- potentially, Gordon, because what that allows as well, for me, McGregor is more defensive-minded than Christie and Turnbull as well. Yeah, so it gets away from you know having to play, say, Turnbull and Rogic. Absolutely. When- and I think going away from your home, it gives you a little bit more protection, as I said, because Callum McGregor knows what the role means mm. to do the full shift. Uh, I've often said about Turnbull, I love him. I think when he goes forward, he's always looking to pull, pull the trigger. He's probing, and then obviously Christie. But they're not great Going back mm. the way Gordon And I just feel as if That gives him more balance that, Particularly away from home Because then as we've seen In these so-called easier games Or the games at Celtic Park It looks like you're absolutely fine To play Turnbull and Rogic Because the last couple of games Speak for themselves Yeah I said that the, the the home run that they had recently You know you can afford to go With the five guys Bombing forward Again I keep going back To yesterday's game as well I don't think they got The natural width From the, the, the Juranovic um, Due to the fact He kept coming back in Gordon I think it, it, Ralston will most certainly Give you that And I think if you play Juranovic on the right back berth You'll see more of him As an offensive option Hugh James McCarthy's got A four year deal at Celtic yeah. We are probably Four weeks in So there's, yeah. a, there's a long way to go But that is a big commitment At four years So you'd have to think They have they have plans for him Remarkable the number of Celtic fans that I have spoken to Who think he's potentially a square peg in the round hole If the choice is Sorrow Or James McCarthy uh, To do what Alec envisages That they might be able to do Sorrow's main problem for me Is that he's indisciplined And he's almost a booking every game uh, McCarthy is older, more experienced uh, and as you say Gordon He's on a four year deal He must have been signed With a purpose in mind Otherwise they're throwing Contracts about like confetti We don't know the answer To the James McCarthy question Because we haven't Seen him Enough And we're going to have to have This situation resolved by Game time for McCarthy I fit uh, McCarthy most certainly plays ahead of Sorrow Gordon He brings so much more to the table mm. He's been playing at a far better level It's just about getting yeah. them up to speed I suppose you know, Jerry's point is Sorrow doesn't really play either at the moment Yeah, so. I, listen, I, I don't see Sorrow as a, a long term I don't see him as an Ange type player he, I don't think he, I think he slows the possession down as well He turns back He's, he's thinking mm. Whereas you look at McGregor He's always looking to probe from that deeper position Jerry, what about yesterday then And maybe the game itself And where this leave Celtic how do you feel after it no I'm, I'm actually fairly optimistic I mean uh, I'm, I'm impressed with the, the big guy um, the, uh, Foster Coglu and I thought he was going to spring a surprise yesterday I, I thought it was going to go 4-1 I actually did think there was a chance that McCarthy with all the experience he's got down in England etc so I thought he was going to do a, a 4-1 4-1 yesterday you know the back four McCarthy sitting and uh, perhaps Christie and Abada uh, wide in the four with uh, Turnbull and McGregor in the middle to feed Furuhashi. Um, and I thought he, he needed to do a wee bit of tweaking in order to make his mark for the very first opening game. But I think when 
uh, I think we, we, we forget when McCarthy's in and when Christopher Julian's in because Welsh will have learned an awful lot from from the 30 odd games that I think he's had tail end of last season and so far this season but he will definitely move out when Julian is fit and Julian and McCarthy will definitely stiffen up the Celtic and who knows what's going to happen in the next 48 hours Yeah well, Hugh the next 48 yeah. hours are going to be fascinating this happens every year I keep saying it <laughs> Well, not every not every year. Last year was a wee bit different. Forgive me for the inaccuracy. But the first old firm game of the season often comes right after a European qualifier. The draw is then made the night before it, and the transfer window is due to close. And we, we don't get we don't get time to give all of those the individual attention they deserve. The transfer window closes tomorrow night, and we've not really discussed it yet at half past seven. Um, Celtic. Well, what we do know is that Celtic appear to have done the deal for the Greek striker. Uh, they appear to have done the deal uh, for Jota. Philippe Yota. Um, nothing in terms of defensively minded players yet. Uh, Edward is the big question, of course. Ryan Christie has a question mark against his name as well. Uh, I said to you in yesterday's programme, I think Tuesday could be quite lively from Celtic's perspective. Ins and outs. Uh, you would think they might have a defensive minded player in mind as well I go back to the point it's all very well the last day of the transfer window will be very exciting everyone will be glued to a television screen and listen to Super Scoreboard to see what happens between 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock but Celtic on reflection should think what will we doing for a hundred days in the summertime mm. when not one yeah. piece of business I, mean, I, 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 I get that, that but you, can't keep looking you just back. can't keep thinking that no one inside the club will be thinking that now because no. it just holds you back from making progress of course if you're constantly looking back you're taking away for the here and now I think they've got enough work it's been a very slow summer in terms of recruitment even when Angie's been in he's, he's shown a, a source of frustration about some of the players not getting in the door the fact that they've had to wait to more or less the last day to try and get these two guys in here uh, I think Big Ange would have most certainly liked these guys mm. in a lot quicker. Uh, yes, so thank you to Jerry on the line. Let's hear a bit from Stevie Clark. Um, and this feeds into some of the issues that we've been speaking about. I, we're just in such a weird time in life and football as well. So speculating about people's absence and wondering why sometimes it might be COVID related and it might not. But, uh -huh. you know, it's, it's worth leaving the possibilities open to you um, because Stevie Clark. Has had that issue as well He says he won't be naming any replacements in his squad That's despite Greg Taylor and James Forrest pulling out with injuries He also expects John McGinn and Nathan Patterson to join up with the squad On Thursday morning but after the Denmark game So here's what he had to say Medical advice or medical information tells me that Both John and Nathan should join us after the Denmark game Which is, which is good So I don't need to look too deeply for replacements for those two I Obviously I'll work with a slightly smaller squad for the Denmark game And Hope to welcome the two boys back on Thursday morning. So no new faces to replace the guys that are definitely out? No, with the, listen, with the time scale on this one, we've already been tested by the, the UEFA people, so it was really difficult to get the, the replacements. And Obviously, I think I've got enough in the squad to cover the, the Denmark game. Probably two years into my international career, it's probably been the most disruptive camp as we, as we head into it with, in terms of call-offs, which is disappointing, but... Like I said before, I think I've got enough in the in the current group to, to go to Denmark and hopefully get the result that we all want. Add to that that Scott McTominay was already out yeah. and John McGinn. John McGinn, as we mentioned, and Stuart Armstrong pulled out of the squad. 
Stevie Clark had assembled a new look coaching team Austin McPhee You remember him He was part of it Yes He's got Covid And he won't be there for the entire camp either So Stephen Naismith, Naismith yeah. Has been called up Called up? Do you call coaches up? I don't know um, as, an extra, as an extra pair of eyes Extra set of hands etc A lot on uh, Stevie Clark's plate uh, since the announcement was made about his contract extension, uh, you know, many people, myself included, have said, is this not premature? On the back of a Euro 2020 that was one goal, one point, bottom of the group and out, two defeats at Hamden to Croatia and the Czech Republic. Uh, and now Denmark, uh, who captured everyone's hearts during Euro 2020. Um, it's a Tough one, really tough, and he's he's not got all the players that he needs. I, I'd be if he pulls this off, then it is you know he's had twenty five internationals. He's only won nine of them, and the most of the nine were against very moderate mm. opposition. Uh, if he pulls it off in Copenhagen. It will be the most remarkable result of his time as manager Not naming any replacements Alex yeah. It's worth bearing in mind the logistics Because UEFA's testing protocol means that you know, Depending who it is Getting them in and getting them tested in time for UEFA And then to, to play them on Wednesday isn't easy mm-hmm. So let's bear that in mind It's not as simple as just pl- I mean I've seen Ryan Gold mentioned for instance yeah, course, Who's yeah. in Vancouver at the moment So um, there are issues there but particularly that right back for the first game Because Stephen O'Donnell is, was missed, missed a few, the, the first choice right back But even he's not played in a few weeks He's had illness Yeah. So now you've got a, a Stephen O'Donnell Whose first game for a month is going to be away in Denmark And thereafter Ryan Fraser maybe to fill yeah. in at right wing back Well listen it's a little bit of a gamble Because if anything happens to Stephen O'Donnell in the meantime Potentially you could have drafted in uh, Ralston you know you know his situation He's on the doorstep He's actually started the season relatively well So that may well just even as a replacement uh, Just to fl- get a flavour of what it's like International uh, setup. I was with Ralston who was under 17s and so forth Gordon. So he knows what you know the, the, the youth setup's like So it's may well just to get him in for this one game And then obviously Patterson's going to come back in for the I think is it the Moldova game He's expected to come back into the, the yes. reckoning So th- you know then that would make sense to put Patterson back in uh, and then see how it goes for you. Hugh's right. This was going to be tough anyway. This is a Denmark Oof. side that made it to the semi finals of oh. the Euros. They're an extremely yeah. good side. Austria as well. I thought, and, I thought they were decent. And, and I like that the, the messaging is important. And you would expect the manager to say, well, you know what? I've got quality here. It's a chance for other people to step in. But to have to go to that game with a full strength team would be tough. We now don't have any backup at right back. We don't have John McGinn or Scott McTominay yeah. or Stuart Armstrong in midfield. Key players Not ideal him. Yeah when you look at When they bring McGinn's been the talisman as well When you, you know The goals that he's produced Listen Scotland in a difficult place Gordon When you look at the last 8 or 10 games You know we haven't won A great deal of them uh, I think we had a couple of Minnows where we managed To get good results But it's important to try And kind of keep this Or get a new run of uh, Wins under your belt But they are extremely difficult uh, Fixtures 01419511025 Good time to call You could be up next Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Alex Ray and Hugh Keevens are into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Uh, remember, no full time teaser tonight. These two are delighted with that. No, 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 wait, wait a minute. Uh, we, me and the Dazzler managed to get both. Questions right yeah, at the weekend a, Even a broken clock Etc etc um, So we're taking the week off that You do still need to 
Send your questions in though Because we'll be right back at it next week So full time at Clyde1.com The reason being If you're just joining us We gave away tickets To the SPFL match of your choice Earlier on And we'll do that every night this week So it's really worth staying tuned uh, During the second hour Of the show for that uh, Just a couple of things We're going to speak to David Who's a Rangers fan Hugh on a, on a day like this We end up doing a whistle stop tour Of some other Um Stories um, What else jumped out at you From the league football Over the weekend I, I go back to Hibs and Hearts It's wonderful to see The Edinburgh Festival oh, They're uh, back They're back, yeah, they're back. Uh, And they're playing well And they've got good players And they're signing good players And the, I cannot wait uh, For the resumption of league football After we've had our triple header uh, With the international team To see Hearts at Tynecastle against Hibs That's the comeback match of that weekend for me What a game that is going to be And an historic day for Hearts as well They've yes. completed the handover yeah. From Ann Budge's shareholding to the foundation of Hearts Now officially a fan-owned club The biggest fan-owned club in the UK and all this In my time in this game I remember when Hibs were close to uh, What people thought was the end uh, And... Uh, the proclaimers get involved And everybody get involved And Sunshine and Leith never sounded as great as it did then And then Hearts Close to the end And thanks should be given to Anne Budge Because she came in and turned it all around uh, But the foundation of Hearts The money they've put into the club It is unbelievable And uh, the, the great days for Hibs and Hearts Now I'm happy to, for the pair of them yeah, absolutely, Gordon. The the money they've invested over the years is admirable. They have so much passion for the club. They now have it in their own hands. It's in their own destiny to see where they go. You know, we we'll, we we'll go back to Robbie Nielsen last year. You know, a wee bit of stick throughout the course mm. of the season, but what a start they've had! And they seem to have all the infrastructures in place. Could be a big year for them. It could be indeed. Let's bring in David, who's a Rangers fan, uh, to finish things off. David, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, just really happy about the old firm result. Everybody was talking about Angie ball this and Angie ball that. Gary McAllister ball all the way. <laughs> Gary McAllister ball. It's not got the same ring to it though. That's the problem. Um, but yeah, Hugh, that that is it. These games will always be about context. What's been said before it. What yeah. are the expectations? What are the hopes? Yeah. And the expectation and the hope from. The east end of the city yeah. Was that Ange Ball Was going to come in and, and get them back On a winning foot Again in this fixture And that didn't happen And with that Comes the right For Rangers fans to say Ha ha What happened to your Ange Ball mm, That's, that, that's that, the, the nature of our lives here But the Rangers fans Came on prior to the game And said uh, They were fed up Being written off Nobody wrote Rangers off Nobody at all well, Some uh, people might have But uh, and the, you were, didn't they were, they were boasting uh, and they were entitled to boast after yesterday's match. Uh, Ange Ball was kicked from the south side back to the east end yesterday. It is for Ange mm. Postacoglu and the club to respond. You know, everyone is talking about the the next Celtic Rangers game at Celtic Park. However, Alec just showed me that Celtic's fixtures for October, and there are some beauties in there. You know, Aberdeen away, Hibs away. Uh, Celtic have got. Other things to worry about mm. Other than Rangers uh, But New players will be brought in Assimilated into the team uh, And I have no doubt That by the time they play Rangers The next time uh, They will be a more settled side But there's more to life than Rangers For Celtic just now They've got to 
concentrate on getting themselves right David does this also have to be the start of something for Rangers though Because yesterday wouldn't have changed the fact that The start to the season has not hit the heights that last season produced I think everybody acknowledges that There was the European disappointment um, Getting to the group stages Maybe not as convincing as some would have liked Dundee United Can this be the result, the size of it, the occasion that, that kicks things on? I think it will be. I think Isselgeis, the wee pick-me-up that the team needed, if you look through the team there, we had no first-choice captain, no proper right-back, no manager, front-choice goalkeeper, still went out there and did the business that you needed to become champions. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I think this will give the Rangers team a wee bit of... What, food, in the, uh, food in the fire And I'll keep us going That'll get us gone I think Alex Yeah well listen I think it was such an important win For Rangers uh, Because what it does It asks questions About Ange Ball Because people were getting Carried away In the oh. style of football And they've obviously Come away from home On the back of the Hearts one So now there's questions Back over to Celtic Gordon How they respond on the road Because at home They look mm. very convincing Yeah because Fans understandably Are at times going to get carried away Absolutely um, I, I, Apart from that I don't recall Whether it's here I don't speak on behalf of Anyone Apart from you guys sometimes um, I, I don't recall too many People genuinely writing Rangers off Or genuinely saying that Ange Ball was going to rip Rangers apart Again Celtic fans yeah. possibly did Because that comes with the territory That, that excitement But um, Rangers had a sequence of results That were disappointing for them uh, Dundee United led into Malmo Malmo led into disappointing performances against Alice Kurt Celtic at the same time were... And again, sorry Hugh, but on that the, Some of the strongest criticism I heard from Rangers around then Was from Steven Gerrard Yeah It wasn't outside That's yeah. right and, and it was from, you know, that that was he was very unhappy about it Coincidentally, Celtic beat up Dundee Beat up St Mirren uh, had a terrific performance against Hearts Which was a, a narrower win than it should have been And on the one hand you had a team who were stuttering And another, on the other hand uh, who were prospering Then it, it got to Ibrox yesterday It didn't work out for Celtic There are debates available there over team selection How long it took Ange Postacoglu to get players off and on uh, there are plenty of questions for Celtic to answer after that game But it's easy The easiest thing in the world to see Why the Rangers supporters are hogging the bragging rights Because they won them yesterday And William Cameron says it's called football See what he's <laughs> done there? Beale, see yeah. that? Ah, I see, yeah. that might catch on I don't know I but, thought it was Gary McAllister ball Yeah, well do you know the thing is We were actually kind of talking about um, You know, we, we obviously talked about Ange Ball and things But we were quite balanced in terms of Let's see how it was on the road uh, as much as we gave him credit for the performances at Parkhead That's another thing You know, Celtic haven't won since the 14th of February Yeah, a long old time on the road Yeah, so, you know, the next game's at home to Ross County But there are other tests to come The Rangers game will allow the Rangers fans to have two weeks of bragging rights It will allow the Celtic fans two weeks to fester But it's not about Rangers during the festive period It's about Aberdeen, Hibs, a, a resurgent Hibs a resurgent hearts When Celtic play them They have to get their own house in order Long before they play Rangers next time Here's how I tenuously link everything together With a minute to go on the show Because you mentioned Celtic's fixtures And they've got tough ones coming up in October And you mentioned Aberdeen away But I wonder 
if Aberdeen need to get their act together oh, before that can be reconsidered a tough much. place to go and again a reminder of how quickly football can change everything was was rosy and all of a sudden out to Wraith Rovers yeah. disappointing in Europe yeah, drawing at home to Stephen, Ross County Stephen Glass would be very happy to see September come in because it's not August and August has not presented a good look uh, and they were very lucky boys to get away with it yesterday against Ross County Ramirez scoring with two minutes to go uh, a real sickener for Malky Mackay and the Ross County guys you know in the space of four days they get a going over from Carabag at Pataudry and they very nearly lost mm. to Ross County yeah, so at Pataudry so eight heard, points is not a bad return yeah it is that's the thing but I'm talk- that's I mean how quickly the the feeling changes, the changes um, absolutely. I think there's a lot of booze at full time It certainly sounded like it on the highlights Right, tomorrow, transfer deadline day There's clearly more interest in, And I say that Interest is the wrong word They're likely to be busier at Celtic, Alex Because yes. they need more But I wonder if Rangers would do anything inwards And if they need to be mindful of what might go out the way Would you expect, uh, you expect anything? Yeah, uh, possibly uh, Barisic Just because he's reacting at full time, Gordon Uh is there room for another midfielder? They've been chasing the boy Veerman uh, from Holland mm. for, for a while, so potentially something there. But I would imagine some of the fringe I think Janino Bakuna was maybe the end of that. Possibly, but I still think I think Brandon Barker's still there. Uh, potentially one or two mm. may go out just to thin the squad So down. you would think Barisic, you don't anticipate Morelos or Kamara or... I'd be surprised Close. at this late stage if you because it leaves very little manoeuvre to bring someone in. But listen, you don't know what might come at the last minute. Going to be an interesting day, Hugh. I think for you know sometimes yeah. it can be quiet, but because Celtic need it, they need to do something, and then you've got that. And that's in the way, but then you've got Edward and, and maybe Christie. Is something going to happen there? Edward is the big story. We know who's coming in, Philippe Yota, uh, and I, I keep referring to him as the Greek striker because I haven't mastered his name yet, <laughs> and I'm not going to upset the good people of Greece. Uh, but be very interesting. Normally, the last day of the transfer window is a damp squib. Here, it's all about what happens. To our friends On the other side of the border But Tomorrow Get a bit tasty here I'm okay. looking forward to it And just like that We are done How quick was that Thank you to Hugh Keevans And to Alex Ray For joining me on tonight's show The biggest thanks As always Is reserved for you We really appreciate you Listening tonight And getting in touch On the phones Or on Twitter And, and Scottish football Never rests Tomorrow is Transfer deadline day It is the eve Of Denmark Against Scotland And I'm sure there will still be More fallout from Ibrooks yesterday And everything else That took place this weekend So make sure you join us A slight change To your usual schedule If you're a creature of habit I am sorry It is Roger Hanna And Andy Halliday Tomorrow We will speak to Gordon Deal Later on in the week So make sure you join us then And in the meantime You can just stay right there And Johnny Campbell Will be up next <laughs>